Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to the first episode of Open Season on Men uh, for 2020. Today is uh, January 8th, 2020. For those of you listening to the show 100 years from now, you realize how smart we were. How you doing, John? Good. Happy New Year, Carl. Happy New Year, brother. My favorite paisano. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Joe Cristiano, Joe, Joe Cristiano calls us, his two favorite guineas. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, I thought it would be appropriate to... Um, to do a show uh, because you know when I was younger and when I first got into physical culture I thought people who started to do things using New Year's uh, to make the resolution they were idiots oh we do this stuff all year long you know but you know if it, that's what it takes for you to get started on the right road I think that's a wonderful thing um, and so I figured, you know, let's go ahead and, and, and go with the flow and we'll do a, a new year, new year, new decade show, uh, specifically for men. And since you and I are both men and we're pretty old, we, we, we've, we've knocked around a little bit. And I think we have some interesting perspectives as we talked about earlier. Right. So when you, you, it's okay for people to start now, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you use the, uh, the we're old, you know, uh, stigma it's actually a compliment you know we're, we're old for a reason yeah it, at, at, as we climb into the you know the 60 yard line area th- we've lost quite a few people didn't finish the journey or didn't get as far down the journey as us you know so so um yeah we're here for a reason and you know that reason is the fact that you know we have a measured approach to things and um you know like the tortoise and the hare you know we, we're, we're going to get there slow and steady, but we're going to get there. Well, and it's funny. I, I did a mem a few years ago that said, I'm so tired of people saying age is just a number. And I said, no, it's a goal. <laughs> like if you're aging, you're doing something right, right? Because once you stop aging, you're dead. Then you, then you didn't do anything right. It's a scorecard, you know? It's, just, uh, you know, it's how, how, how high you score in the game. You want to hear something crazy? One of my biggest fears is that like I dropped dead at 65 or 63 and everybody goes, oh man, like he was wrong about everything. We don't want like, <laughs> I would completely destroy my legacy if I don't make it into like at least 80, you know? Well, you see, I, I, I had the foresight to see that happening. And I said to myself that by the time I get to 60 and I drop dead at 61, people are going to take a look at me and say, God, it's amazing. He lasted that long. Yeah. So, um, instead of Cotty, was so young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I want to be the victim of burning the candle at both ends, just in case you know right. the short the short game happens. So uh, right now, people are trying to uh, put their efforts into what they believe is the right direction. But mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that one of the keys to success is knowing what is the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that identifying what needs to change is is actually um, is actually an art, and it's a learned art. And unfortunately, I think it does come with age because when you're young, you have so much energy, right? Like everything that went wrong in my life, uh, I'll burn through it. Money, I'll make more. How homes, I'll buy new ones. You know. But then all of a sudden, when you get to like I'm 61. You get to this age, it's like, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to struggle against the tide. Uh, I, it's not that I don't have the energy, but why should I? So, what do you think about this? Identifying what needs to change. Do you think that's the most important, the first thing that people don't even put any thought into? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the uh, youth and energy axiom is really, you know, important because that's the hardest time to reel yourself in when it's probably the most you know, cogent time to reel yourself in. And you, and you kind of need that, 
you kind of need that ability to know that you're biting off more than you can chew or that your you know your ambitions are way too out there for what you're capable of, of executing so um, what needs to change may not necessarily be the actual pursuit it just may be the means to get there mm-hmm. so I, I think what most people set out doing wrong is they have the uh, an unrealistic view of what they can achieve because their excitement level is so high in what their, you know, or their passion is so high in what they want to do. They, they don't see the forest for the trees and understand that those trees are immovable hard objects and you need to, you know, skate around them or cut them down or do something. But, you know, Sonny Bono comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to get that joke, John. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because that really is the curse of youth, isn't it? Um, But when you have so much energy, you just feel like, and it's that old, remember that old joke, uh, the young bull and the old bull is standing at the top of the hill and and they're looking down at all the cows and the young bull says, let's run down an F1 and the old bull says, well, let's walk down and we'll F a few of them. You know, it's like, yeah. (laughs) All of them, get all of them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's the measured approach. If you're if your goal is to go down the mountain and, and, and bang all the cows, then you know, you need a plan to, to get there that requires, you know, um the fact that, you know, you can only do them one at a time. So what's the best course of action to take there? You know, pick them off one at a time or you're gonna try to corral them and do them all at once. You can't do that. So um you're only, you only have one operating, you know, tool at a time. To, you well, know, and, 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 and to, to kind of put, put this in perspective to those who are involved in physical culture, like most of us are that listen to this podcast, I think Lee Haney put it best once. Uh, I, I believe he said this. You can correct me because you're more of a, a bodybuilding historian than I am. But I think Lee Haney once said you can train with great intensity or you can train long, but you can't do them both. Correct. And, and, and he punctuated that with stimulate, don't annihilate, you know, and, and that's very true. I mean, you, you, got, you have to take a measured approach to things, otherwise you will break. And when you're young, you think you're invincible. You can do everything. You can, you know, I, I used to, you know, do crazy, crazy things when I was young that I would never do today. And they think, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? But right now you there know? are people in the audience going, well, that's because you're old and you don't have the energy. But that's really not what it is. You put me on a motorcycle right now. I have the same amount of energy for riding as I did when I was 20. It's just the amount and when I, it's the, the speed at which and when I will do the wheelie is, mm. you know, what's measured, you know, but, and I was a nut. I was a mental case on a motorcycle. The fact that I've only had two serious crashes and I'm still here to talk about it with all my pieces, virtually all my pieces intact is an absolute miracle. And so I'm not, I don't have less energy to do that now. You put me on a bike right now, I'm going to be dragging my knee in the first corner. Right. But, right. That's, but, it, the, but the approach to that is measured. You know, right. I won't the chances. Right. That, and I, the same can go for weight training. I mean, look at, look at how people train today. I mean, if you want to talk about physical culture, I mean, back in the day, I would do, I would, my form was bad. I'd fling the weight around. I wouldn't take precautions. I wouldn't warm up, stretch, whatever. That's stupid, okay? And we find out that's stupid because of the injuries we sustain. Now that I'm older, I don't have less energy to train. I have more concern for the equipment, my equipment, me, my my body, and and uh, and that's why you know I'm I'm able to claim you know what five or six years in a row now without an injury, without something that stopped me from training, and I had to wait till I was 59 years old to make the claim, you know. So, so what, 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 what do you what do you think? So, what is the process for identifying the things that you that deserve your effort, and the things that don't? I, I'm sure I I know that you have lots of people who want to hook up with. Oh, if we get John Romano involved with this, it'll be a success. And you have a lot of people coming to you and saying, "John, do you want to work on this with us?" What What is John Romano's approach to going? This is worth my time. This is not suffering. Really. Yes, because suffering is caused by desire. So, so how badly do I want what's in front of me? Am I willing to suffer for it? Because anything worth attaining requires some degree of suffering, whether that's a form of 
sacrifice, work, more hours, more strength, more energy, more money to throw at it, whatever. It requires a, a degree of suffering. So when I'm posed with an opportunity and I want to, I'm entertained by the, by the potential outcome and what it might take to, you know, to accomplish that. Um, my first question to myself is how much am I willing to suffer to, to, to get to that? And that goes all the way back to the first, you know, my first days in bodybuilding, you know, when I wanted to compete for a show, am I willing to suffer to take on the, whatever amount of suffering is required to accomplish that goal? So yeah, and that, and that I will say is one of the defining characteristics of being older is that when you're older, you're not willing to suffer as much. Mm-hmm. Because we we know that there's other ways around, you know, the around, another way around to getting what we want. But you know that um, that is actually uh, there's, there's certain nuance to what you just said that deserves a little more attention. Because when you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, look at people who are actually going to make commitments because it's the new year, who have no intentions of sticking with it. As right. soon as as soon as the process gets tough, they give up. That's an indication that they weren't willing to suffer for it. And those people, like I, I have a friend who has talked about competing since I know him. And he's never gotten up on stage. But mm-hmm. he talks about it like he wants to. And one time I said to him, because he's a good friend, I, I wouldn't insult him. I said, but why don't you just forget about that? Because you're never going to do it. If you were going to do it, you would have done it by now. And you really don't want it that bad. And... When you talk about suffering, that's what it is. It's how badly do you want that thing? And if you can't say to yourself, I am going to die for that, then don't even put it in your list of things that you want to accomplish this year. Correct. I agree. That's completely right. I mean, and that really, that's what physical culture teaches you. I mean, that really, you know, there there is, if you are going to embark on any kind of, physical pursuit, you know, when bought in the bodybuilding quote unquote genre, you know, that encompasses, you know, fitness, physique, whatever. Um, or even just looking like you do, you know, it, it's, that is not a good, something that's just going to, unless you're genetically gifted, that's not something that's just going to pop up, you know, materialize for you. You got to work at that. You got to work that for a long time and it requires a lot of suffering. And, yeah. In the form of sacrifice, in the form of commitment, pain. in the form well, just just raw pain when you're of of actually sure. training. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a, there's an instant an instant uh, pain tolerance that you develop when you start to push your body into unknown areas of of strength training, and that alone, I think the average population, like I, I literally ripped a piece of skin off my foot today. That was a callus that took, well, I got to go to the doctors now because I think there's a little bone showing, but it's like, (laughs) but yeah, but, but you know what, John, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to, well, you know, when I got the surgery on the left foot, the pinky toe, instead of being up like this is sideways now. So it rubs on the side of the shoe. And so I get these huge calluses on it and it was hurting me so bad last night that I got out of the shower and I, I picked at the edge and it came up and I was like, you know what? And I went... And I tore, and then I realized I looked. There was like skin still on it. Oh God! So I'm actually going to the foot doctor today because I want to make sure I don't end up gangrene in it or something like that. But no, but you you laugh. But the reality is that that constant training of pain threshold that we encounter in in in, in physical culture translates mm-hmm. to other areas of life too. When you're looking at a project and you're going, "Am I really willing?" to put the effort in, chances are you're going to put more effort in than the average person because you already have a, a high tolerance to discomfort. Right. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's, and it's the reduction to the reality of what needs to be done. You know, I mean, there's only one way to build a muscle. You got to lift weights, you know, and then, but I remember when I was a kid, there was, you know, Charles Atlas with his dynamic tension and there was these pills and the, thing you hook up to the doorknob and you know there was all kinds of circuitous routes around you know the obvious there's only one way to do this there's no there's no other way to do it so you know you have to you have to accept reality and you know determine whether or not that's something that you're willing to undertake you know it's it's i like relating things to things you know that you can that you can posture and it's like this whole thing with you know with with shootings 
okay? What's the number one way to prevent a shooting? Shoot back. Yeah, have a gun. So that that's that, but that's a difficult reality for a lot of people to accept. There's people who are anti-gun that don't want to talk about that. That will just sit there in a movie theater and gladly be shot because they don't want to talk about you know shooting back. Mm-hmm. But this is reality. The way to stop getting shot at is to shoot back. Right. There's no other way. At the heat of the moment, there's no other way. Yeah, you can't talk your way out of it. You can't talk no. your way out of somebody shooting at you. Right. And it's like building a bicep. There's no other way to do it. Right. You've got to porch it on with, with on the way pile. Right. No other way around it. That's it. So if you're going to accept the responsibility of your commitment to grow your bicep, you have to accept the degree of suffering that goes along with it and be cool with it. And if that's all, if that all washes out for you, then that's what you're going to do. If you're not going to, then, or you're going to omit the, the, the steps that go with it, either diet-wise, training-wise, recovery-wise, supplement-wise, drug-wise, whatever, if you're going to foil the system or try to foil the system or try to get around the inevitable realities of it, you're going to fail. So those are the things that you have to accept, like you have to accept shooting back, is the reality of what it takes to get the job done. So do you think, this, you think like, if, if somebody's sitting here at the beginning of the year right now and they've got a few things that they'd like to accomplish this year. But the reality is chances are they won't accomplish any of them if they go after these few things. So they have to select the one thing that they want to absolutely drop dead if I don't get this done this year and make that the focus. Would you agree with that? Or a component of it. I mean, sometimes you got to break down the goal into steps. I use, and during the break, I used the, the, the car analogy, the car example. Your goal may be to buy a car in 2020, but you know maybe that's just a little bit too ambitious given your financial position, your age, your, your, where you live, whatever. Maybe the thing to do is learn to drive first, <laughs> you know? And then so that's a step in that direction, or, you know, get a job so that you can afford the payment. You know, there's things within the goal that require attention in order for you to achieve those goals. And maybe maybe learning to drive and getting a job all in the same year is just too much for you. Um, and that's going to that's going to lead to a failure for you to get the car. So maybe you just got to pick one of them. Maybe it's just get the job. OK, you now you got a job. Now you can afford driving school. So you learn how to drive. And now you got a job and a driver's license. Now you can probably buy the car. Yeah, and that's actually going to take us into our next topic. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we're going to come back, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why people really do fail at just about anything. And uh, it's it's actually very, very simple when you, when you unfold it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. There's lots of CBD products out there, and there's lots of misinformation, too. If you want the best CBD product available and the way to use it to improve athletic performance, there is only one choice, Venga CBD. Venga CBD is five times more bioavailable than other products, and you feel it faster. But more importantly, the folks at Venga have identified the best way to use it for athletic performance. Go to superhumanradio.net today and download your free copy of the Endurance Athlete's Guide to CBD. Use code SHR10 and save 10% off at VengaCBD.com. That's V-E-N-G-A-C-B-D.com. You already know the benefits of red light therapy. Now you have to find the strongest, best one out there at the best price, right? That's where Scott Chevery found himself. He had to create Mito Red Light so you can get the strongest, best red light therapy unit in the world at the absolute best price. And the Superhuman Nation gets an additional discount. Go to MitoRedLight.com and use code SHR to get the lowest price anywhere, plus free shipping inside the USA and deeply discounted shipping worldwide. Go to 
mitoredlight.com and use code SHR today. That's M-I-T-O-R-E-D-L-I-G-H-T.com. Are you still on the fence about body protection complex BPC oral from drseeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to drseeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. If you haven't searched hydrogen water in PubMed yet, you must. Hydrogen-infused water possesses undeniable performance, health, and longevity benefits in the realm of real biohacking. Hydrogen water machines cost hundreds to thousands of dollars. Now you can have the strongest hydrogen-infused water conveniently anywhere you want it thanks to Drink HRW. They make the only legal and clinically validated formula to create hydrogen water instantly. I thought this stuff was BS till I started using it. The effects on my training and my gut are undeniable. I have more energy and I last longer without stims. You have to try Drink HRW Maximum Strength Hydrogen Water Tablets today. Go to h2waternow.com and use the code SHR for 10% off today. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try. Go to bstrong.training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. <laughs> you like that? We're ripped and we're ready? Yeah, we're ripped and we're ready. Well, welcome back to Open Season on Men, the first one of the year. And men have special circumstances too. We tend to be we want to save everybody. We tend to have that hero complex. We tend to definitely bite off more than we can chew. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. So we have a couple of questions for, from the audience. So Jeff Clifton wants to know, uh, what does John, you, does John utilize meditation practice and what role does it, uh, mindfulness play in establishing goals? Um, I, I don't meditate. Um, well, I mean, maybe that's not true. I, I do spend time thinking. So maybe you want to talk about Medicaid. Like when I drive in the car, I don't listen to the radio. I don't yes. Listen. This is this is a lost phenomenon today, right? Push right. notifications and satellite radio. And I mean, it's lost. I don't listen to any of that shit. I just listen to the, I just, I just think while I drive, right. you know, and, you know, and, and there's other times I'm, you know, I picked up this habit in prison of walking around the yard and, you know, I do, I still do that to this day. I walk around. Uh, every day I walk up the perimeter of our property. Right. You know, so I do that. You know, we have two and a half acres. So that's a, you know, I do two, three laps around there. That's a, that's a good walk for, uh, you know, listening to the birds, you know, just thinking my thoughts together. I don't know if it's typical if you would consider that traditional meditation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause I've done shows on meditation. There's meditate, you know, there's, there's movement meditation, you know, right. Uh, Qigong and and uh, Feng Shui, enough uh, Feng Shui. That's that's what you do. Your furniture. Oh man, I'm really botching it now. What's the other one called? Tai Chi. And, tai Chi. and there is actually meditation and movement. So mindfulness is exactly what you're talking about, right? It's paying attention to what's going on in your mind, and meditation is trying to pause the thought process. Right. Right. But but mindfulness is absolutely walking. You can do it. Yeah. So, but I mean, so yeah, so that, that's, I, I'm not freeing my mind of thought as meditation would teach, like contemplating the one hand clapping kind of thing. But, um, that's but, called you, masturbation, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's one hand clapping. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but, I'm, but I'm have but I'll have the task at hand in, in mind and thinking of, you know, pulling it apart to its skin, to its components, what it takes to accomplish 
you know, each step or make sure I've got all the steps mapped out, you know, and, um, you know, go through them in my mind. So that's, that's what I do. You know, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think I really consider that meditation because I'm not, I'm not in any way, form, shape or form searching for any kind of inner peace. It's actually right. like the opposite. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I do that. So I don't, I, I hope that answers this question. But, but you, you, I, I would imagine that you tend to leave, you lead a, tra- he said, uh, John is a great writer. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you tend to, to lead a tranquil life, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the design. I mean, by design, right. I, I know, by design, that's what I'm saying. Well, because, you know, because I, I'm an artist, you know, I'm a writer and I do other artistic pursuits and you need an element of, you need an environment, you know, for to, to foster creativity and stress and chaos, you know, don't live in that realm if you're going to, if you're going to have creative thoughts and thought processes in, in, in place. So, no, I, I do. I try for tranquility. I, I got this, I got my stream out the back, trickling over the, the rocks right. and, you know, live in a very, you know, wooded, secluded area. And yeah, I, I do. I strive for tranquility and peace as, as much as I can, because I don't want any white noise distractions, you know, I know some musicians like living in a big city and that's like a very, you know, you know, it create, it reduces a lot of creativity for them. For me, that's the exact opposite. And then maybe that's due to age or whatever, but as I've, you know, kind of, eased into my comfort zone with who and what I am, I've also learned what I need to be what I am. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> it's just a matter of understanding that and figuring out how to get it and wh- where that's going to come from and doing it. <laughs> One hand fapping, <laughs> Jeff said. Yes. And then I got I to gotta recognize a guy who's always here, and that's Danny Geraldo Oquendo, Oquendo. Uh, who is listening from Colombia? He's always here from Colombia. Thank you, Danny. Um, so let's talk about this uh, next topic that may be the reason that people don't make things stick. Uh, and that is something that is a, a favorite of yours. And it, it's just they just bite off more than they can chew. They, they set up unrealistic goals that they're absolutely going to fail. Yeah, they do. I used to see it in my gym in Mexico all the time. We had this great running joke. How, you know, uh, where, you know, the month of December in Mexico is a throwaway month. Nobody does anything. Zero. There's a thousand Christmas parties you have to go to. Everybody, you know, if if your cleaning lady's sister's babysitter has a party, you got to go to it. And and it's and no one does. The business is closed. The economy slows down. Everything stops for an entire month. And then. January comes, you know, all that partying and, and you know, reveling and all of the part family get togethers and whatever, all that eating that that creates or requires. Um, the gym is packed on January 2nd. You know, you go in there and it's like fighting room only, right. you know, and the big joke is don't worry by March 2nd, it'll all be gone. And true to form by March 2nd, the gym is had half of what it was, you know, the, the two weeks before. And it's because people are, you know, the average person. And when you kind of like dig into why, you take like the new member and you say like, you know, what's your goal? And you're faced with, uh, you know, a 190 pound, four foot eight woman who's, you know, 50 years old with diabetes, six kids, and she wants to wear, you know, she wants a, a, a you know, a fitness, you know, string bikini model body in in two months. Right. That's not going to happen. No matter what, right. it's not going to happen. There is no way to do that. With any form of anything that we know today on this planet, there's no way to do that. So you being there with the with the, the intended purpose of attaining that in that time frame, you're going to fail, period. There's no two ways about it. You are going to fail. Right. So you have set yourself up for failure. And that's you know a big problem with, People's at people in their New Year's resolutions as as they 
they spend all year, you know, kvetching and whining and moaning about what's wrong with them and how they can't wait for the new year to come so that they can get on their plan, you know, to, to rectify this and be a better person and, and better their life. And then, you know, all of this angst comes to a head on January 1st and boom, the doors open on January 2nd. And man, there's a, there's a, there's a stampede to the treadmill. And then, Results aren't happening, and they're they're, they're well. Re- re- results are happening, but they're not happening fast enough for people who have unrealistic, unrealistic yeah. expectations, right? Exactly. And then, so it, it kills the dream, you know. And then the, the the dream should never have been dreamt. But but so, but do, do, but people don't come up with that idea that they can get in super <clears throat> duper shape in in three months in a vacuum. Isn't that part? Isn't that part and parcel of a problem that the industry promotes? Like. Jenny Craig and I mean I don't mean the industry bodybuilding supplement I mean the the whole weight loss industry promotes this notion that the weight's just going to fly off don't worry about it in fact I would argue that Planet Fitness's business model is that phenomenon they want people to sign up and they keep paying their nine ninety five a month because they keep want they go well I, I have a gym membership I will use it eventually it kind of mitigates the guilt. Uh, of them being fat slobs, but that that's their model. Like they, they sell memberships. No one shows up. Oh, that's great. No wear and tear on the equipment. I, that's, that's the best gym model ever. 40,000 members and none of them going through the door. Yeah. yeah. That's what you want. That's what the gym business, that's what the gym business success model is. Maximum membership, minimal use. Right. And I, Hot water bill at the end of the month, and the wear, like you said, the wear and tear on the equipment, maintenance, everything is significantly saved when the fewer people that come to the gym, so your profit's bigger. But yeah, that doesn't do anybody any good. So, no, um, you know the 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 whole idea, the whole idea of wanting to change your life and be better is great. It's really really good, and people should always be thinking that. Right. But at the same time. You've got to have a plan. You know, we didn't. We weren't born with a little booklet that said how to use our bodies. Human know? owner's no, manual. Yeah. No way. No instruction manual, and no one can write one either because everybody's, you know, different. But the fact that we don't have that requires that you be really realistic about what your what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I, otherwise, I, I, otherwise you do feed the the, fit, the planet fitness gym model. And, and, you know, make somebody a whole bunch of money off of your, you know, misfortune. Well, and this is, this is interesting because when we were talking off the air, this dawned on me. But I think some people are prone to fail because of past success. And, and here's why I say that. So when I, when I was 39 years old and I was diagnosed with my heart problem and I decided I was going to save my own life, all I did was start walking. Then... Once walking, like once I achieved a certain level, like I was, I made a commitment. I'm going to walk every day. I walked every day. I could feel my fitness level changing. I bought a bike. I started riding a bicycle around the neighborhood. Then from there, I went and joined a small gym. Actually, the Jewish Community Center had a really nice gym. They had a pool. So I went there and I started to, to just train upper body. And then from there, I started reading literature and I was like, oh, I got to start. Tra-. So then I started training legs. But this was all over the course of, let's say, a three-year period. Yeah. I just organically got this little task down, moved to something slightly harder, moved to something slightly harder, moved to something slightly harder. And that is, that is the exact model that I saved my own life and changed my body and changed my, my, my story. But now, two, uh, 2018, I had two foot surgeries. Uh, I did no cardio for a year, none. And as a result of that, my cardiovascular conditioning is crap right now. On top of that, I was only able to train upper body. I couldn't train lower body. So a lot of my strength gains kind of waned. And so all through 2018, two surgeries, 2019, I didn't feel good. I wasn't, I was just kind of marking time by going into the gym. And then I said, okay, I'm going to do it too this year. I'm going to start right after the holidays. I'm going to start training again. So I go into the gym, and since I've squatted 700 pounds, I expect to be able to squat. And it's like, I, and I, I am going to fail if I think just because I did this then 
that I can do it now. And the reality is what I need to do is respect and honor the process that got me there and just start walking. Mm-hmm. And just thought, and so I think a lot of people who have had past successes, and you and you know this even in business. How many people have you seen in your life that have built a million dollar business, and then they went on and they started another business, failed, start another business, failed, start another business, failed, and because what they forget is the organic process that they built that first business, they think they can escape. All that, all that, that. I don't have to learn that stuff again because I learned it already. I just need to jump right in over here, throw my money in, and I'm going to be a success again. And they don't do it. I almost think that if you've been su- successful in the past, that you may actually be prone to failure because you lose respect for the process. Yeah, I would agree with that. Sure. You know, it's, it's, I, I think you can look at that. Uh, it's another one of those things that comes especially poignant, you know, from a bodybuilding perspective, you know, you, you, the, the weights and the, uh, the, and the insanity that you trained with when you were younger, you can't do that today. You know, you 40, 50 years later, it's just, it's just not potentially possible. I um, mean, and, and if it, and if it's some way, shape or form, it is the toll it's going to take on you is astronomical by, by comparison. So, yeah, you know, I told you on the break. I said the the worst thing in the world is the best blowjob in the world <laughs> because you're you put your expectations up here. Yeah, every time the situation arises, that's going to be what you want, and then then it's you know probably not going to happen. And, every and- guy listening to this show either has a girl in his life that fits that category, or had a girl who he still thinks about today the truth and that's a fact and whether you want to admit it or not mm-hmm. it's the truth right you in the back of your dirty little mind there is there is uh, you know that image that one memory that you have that is by far and above all the other ones and with any luck it's with the one you're with now and that gets better every day but not every joe down not every swing and dick in the yard can make that right that. right no so, it's true. So, um, you know, God bless you if that's who you are right now. But if not, you know who you are, and you've got that yeah. on in the. Back you remember of your mind. that girl, that one girl. Yeah. You still think? In fact, you probably you probably go looking for her to see if she's still around on Facebook and stuff like that. You know, you the funny thing is, you don't even remember her name. You just remember the blowjob. I don't even know who it was, but you just remember how good that was. Right. You know? Right. And, and and but see, but but and so you're gonna. It's it's the same thing that you're gonna measure that's your expectation that's the height of the best and you know what that is and so every every subsequent attempt at the same thing is going to use that as the benchmark it's inevitable it's just the way we think so you know as it relegates to your physical pursuits or anything like that like you know you could if you could squat 700 pounds when you were 30 years old and you try that when you're 60 i got news for you it's not going to turn out too well so yeah, I mean the 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 the, uh, the great feeling that you got when you when you squatted seven hundred pounds is what you're. It's not you're not after squatting seven hundred pounds. You're after the feeling of what it felt like to squat seven hundred. Yes, pounds. right. And that's that's what you're looking for today. And unfortunately, the number seven hundred is attached to that. So anything less than seven hundred, no matter what you do, no matter how Herculean the the, the 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 attempt it's not going to mean what it meant when it had 700 attached to it yeah yeah no it's absolutely true and <clears throat> i guess you can learn to have other things that give you that same gratification but you just may not be able to have that again and you know it's not the worst thing in the world because i jokingly say to people when they go well i used to be able to do this and i used to be able to do that and i say well you used to shit in diapers too like you don't want to do that anymore right like if you're going to evolve and progress, will. what's that? You live long enough, you will. Yeah, I know exactly. Hopefully not. That's all. Not to. But no, I mean, it, it. I guess we have to learn to let go of things. Well, let me go back even further. Maybe we attach uh, too much meaning to some of these things, and how that how they they seem to equate to our own value. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, that's a very good point. What do these things mean to you? Um, and, and it's different for everybody. You know, that 700-pound squat is, for some people, a life's pursuit. For some people, it's, it's 
going to get involved. It's going to, you know, interfere with my fishing. So, <laughs> right. It right. just depends on who you are and what you want, you know. And that, and that comes full circle to what you said. Are you willing to suffer? So theoretically, if I wanted to squat 700 pounds again someday, I would have to suffer for years and years and years to achieve that one thing. And so I have to look at that and think, gee, do I really want to suffer that hard at this point in my life? You know, when you're young, it's well, easier to do. Sure. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the ability to withstand the suffering is greater when you're younger. And so, you know, we, I mean, we typically pick off things that are very difficult, you know, when we're young. I mean, you know, when I joined the Navy, I went, willingly went to boot camp at 17 years old. I wouldn't want to go to boot camp now, you know. <laughs> well, it was oh. an adventure then. You were like, oh, this is exciting, right? And, and when, you know, there were ways to make it more exciting. But I wouldn't do any of that crap now because it's too much suffering, you know. And you got it's, – it's the suffering – the suffering has to be – relative to what you're doing and it's got to be relevant enough for you to appreciate it so that you can decide whether or not you want to you want to you know endure it and there's there's a there's a there's a a, a sort of a magical number that you're it's in your head somewhere where you're gonna go okay i'm willing to do go this far i'm willing to do this much but i'm not willing to do you know the rest so does that amount of suffering equate to you know what I want to accomplish, and if not, you got to be realistic and say, you know, I really love to have this new Lamborghini, but I'm not willing to suffer enough. To, to I'm not not willing to suffer enough to get it or to, to do what. No, it I, I love this. The whole theme of this keeps coming back to how much are you willing to suffer, and that's directly tied to your ability to succeed in the in the goals that you choose to achieve. And, and I think that goes towards you know the theme of our show. You know, it's it's men, real men back in the day were 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 conditioned to suffer. Suffering was part of being a real man. You had to withstand the cold and the pain and the heat and the and the diversity and the strain and the stress and you know and you, and not complain. Like my my complain. mother used to say to me about my father, you know what? All the stuff he went through in his life, my mother would say to me and he never complained. No, it was, you know, it's like, can I have more? You know, I mean, that's, that's really your attitude. And, and, you know, but for whatever reason, we're not, we're not equipped today. The majority of the population, the majority of the male population, it is not equipped today to, to, to withstand that quantum degree of suffering that you have to do to get things. And and consequently, there's a tremendous amount of mediocrity out there mm-hmm. when it comes to the workplace, the workforce, work ethic. You know, there's, I, you know, my, my wife says there's an 80-20 rule, and she thinks it's now more than the closer to the 90-10 rule. Right. There, there's 10 people out there to give a shit. 10% of the people out there give a shit. Right. 10% of the people care about their work product, are willing to stay late, are willing to go do it again if it's not right. Whereas the other 90% are just hitting the time clock working for that paycheck and they don't give a shit about anything they just want to get paid every every, every month and then then you know that leads to a lot of, of of management um issues that you know managers today have to deal with they have to learn they managers have to have to manage a a, a, a group of people today that wasn't here you know years ago and they're having to they're having to compensate for for bad attendance, poor health, bad work ethic, bad uh, you know knowledge base, bad work et- uh, you know work product, not conscious of what their work product is when it really comes out, not caring enough to check it and make it good and make it you know so that's and that permeates you know all all facets of business today and and parts well of life. I, I, all facets of life in general. If you want to, I I really love this whole. I mean, it's it's brilliant. I really mean this. It's brilliant. I love this whole uh, connection to suffering and its direct effect on achievement. Because in today's world, uh, we have a large number of population, younger, who are not only not interested in suffering, but they... They don't. They they, they they don't. They want safe spaces to go to if they hear words they don't like. Mm-hmm. Like sure. this is exactly the polar opposite of our parents' generation, who suffered, fought wars, had children who died at birth, and never complained about a damn thing. Now you have people who complain because somebody used a word or called them a 
a guy when they wanted some non-gender specific word to apply to them. Yeah, we are we are really getting good at producing a whole generation of pussies. <laughs> that, that's what we're doing, you know. I, if you're offended, sorry. But you may, if you're truth. offended, you may be one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's the li- that's the litmus test. That's the litmus test. If you're offended, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's very true. And and if you you know and if you know and that that's a that's a statement that definitely will offend some people, you know, but it's the truth. We are presiding over a nation of pussies right now. And people who want, they're entitled. They feel like they're special. They feel like their rules don't apply to them. They feel like they don't have to work as hard as anybody else. These, this is a real problem that we have today, you know, in, in, in the workforce specifically and in life in general, when you're trying to, you know, pursue a quality of life, it's really self-defeating because these people who are so have such high levels of expectation and low levels of, of, of um, involvement are setting themselves up to live very mediocre lives. Miserable, miserable lives, miserable. miserable. They're never, they're never going to make an impact. They're never going to, you know, go anywhere there. And they're going to be chronic complainers about everything that's wrong and everything that's keeping them from getting what they think they deserve. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I want to. We, we see it all the time. Yeah, no, I know. It, it, it's it's so it's in our faces daily now. It really yeah. is. And, um, and we're and we're bombarded with it. We're bombarded with, you know, the media has such a stronghold on what people think and feel today, and what the and what the image for what correctness is. You know, now you, I use this example of the, the dating site, eHarmony or, you know, one mm-hmm. of those, I don't know which one it is. But it's got, you know, a, a guy who's, you know, one of their members and he's, you know, pursuing, you know, his intent is to pursue, you know, a girl on this dating site. And he's, you know, this this is who he is. And his name is, he's got some femme name that's like non-binary. And he's got, you know, he's drinking latte and has a cat. and he Hair bun, in- hair bun. And- He's got the you know the right tongue, the tongue ring, like the, what is no, what's the guy doing with a tongue poor, ring? Poor, poor physical, you know, you, you know if you're if you're young in the dating scene, you don't want a doughboy, you know. You, I, I don't think women want that. I mean, no, want- no, you're you're right. In fact, Wall Street Journal did an article about two months ago why young women are dating older men because the prospects at their age they're unmotivated, they're unemployed. They're 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 miserable. They're whiny. They're bitchy, and so the young girls are going. Man, if I'm going to have any shot at a life where I have an equal partner, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to shoot at a guy who's a little older than me. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat because my wife is 25 years younger than me. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I should say grammatically correct, but. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, and I'm, you know, I, I'm living proof of the fact that that's true. You know, that there is the, the the population of men today has been significantly emasculated to the point where, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of gray area as to whether or not, you know, as to where the manliness is. And I think there's, you know, we've touched on this before. There's a lot of not only societal factors but environmental factors. Um, that, that deal with this. And, you know, I'll just give you one example because the media is so complicit in this as, as well as social media, right. but this vegan thing. Okay. This vegan thing is like this, this big deal now. And I, and I've said this on other shows, if there was no such thing as social media, there would be no vegans. That's right. Zero, none. But because we have social media, we have veganism. Right. And now to be a good vegan, you gotta be kind of soft because the 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 it, it just goes with the territory. There is that meatless, what they call miracle meat or meatless miracle, whatever. And it's that meat that's fake meat, but yeah. it actually bleeds. It's right. actually got red. Well, they found that that was has forty seven milligrams of of estrogen. Of estrogen. Yeah, it, yeah. Now you know, and 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 they're you know they're. Uh, their advertising model is a guy with no shirt on that's got you know bigger tits than than a lot of girls out there, you know, because they're estrogen laden. This this estrogen, and that's just one little tiny, slightly small portal into the vegan realm that 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 indoctrinates its followers with unneeded estrogen, and 
or, or but <laughs> unneeded, but uh, but maybe needed for the purpose of which it's intended. I, I, so so Jeff Clifton is talking about the dad bod. I really don't think women are attracted to the dad bod. That, I, what, what? No, no, no. What? What? The dad bod is representative of a guy who doesn't put as much effort into his body because he's raising kids, right? Or raising kids, making money, whatever. So the the guy with the six pack, the image the guy with the six pack has is a guy who is not paying. Oh man, we just lost John. I got to get him back. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to run a, a quick commercial. I had to take commercial break anyway. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-See Eye Drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Can-See Eye Drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of having. Started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax. That was at eight years old. And so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The, the chill pill was the first thing that I found that actually in the middle of a panic attack I can take and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to DrSeeds.com. That's D com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try. Go to B-S-T-R-O-N-G dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon 1 com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more Productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Listen strong. It's Superhuman Radio. 
Welcome back. Hey, John's on the other side now. I'm back. Uh, so let, let's get back into this. We, you were just about to get into a really good rant about the whole dad bod. So the dad bod is the guy who isn't paying attention to his body, but the perception is that the guy who has a six-pack. Go ahead. Well, the perception is to the woman that the guy who's got the great body is spending way too much time worrying about his body. And, and not, not her. Right. And not her or making money or you know, providing security or, you know, all of that shit. But so, see, they, um, they did. They actually did a study on this. So, you know, they have those screens that they can watch where your eyes are going to what you look at first. Right. And they they gave women pictures of guys with dad bods and guys with, you know, side by side with the guy with the six pack and the guy with the six pack with the guy with a bigger body. And, and, and clearly the women's eye instinctively always goes to the guy who's really fit instinctively. So whatever they say about the dad bod, it's not really true. No girl no. wants a guy. Who's flabby? I don't care who you, who you are. The, the instinct, the instinct that causes their eye to go that way is is etched in our DNA. That woman is looking for a hunter, a provider, a protector, uh, uh, someone who's going to be strong enough to to fend off anything that threatens her, right? And 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 able enough to provide for her and and, and protect her and feed the child, right. you know. So. That's instinctive. That's what women, and that's that. That their eye goes that way. There's no change in that. That's where that's going. And after it looks there, and then you know goes over to the dad bod. The dad bod is societal. That's that's society telling her that guy spends too much money on his too much time and money on his vanity, and that's going to interfere with the time and money he can spend on you. Right. And that's that's why the dad bod is preferable because it. It, it frees up time and space for her. So I want to summarize today's show because I think what we learned today, and I, it's brilliant. I mean, I, I I have so much respect for your opinion on this because, no, because when you really think about it, this is what it comes down to. The reason, the only way you're going to achieve your goals, whatever they are, now first of all, select your goals wisely. Don't select more than you think you can do. But the acid test to what should be in the hierarchy of your goal is are you willing to suffer for it? And if you're not, don't even say it. Don't even say, oh, I, I want to buy a Lamborghini this year. You, you know, you're not going to. It, this whole, I, I think the whole uh, motivational movement gets a lot of things wrong today. Uh, the whole grind, you know. Go to sleep at midnight, get up at 4 a.m., get in the gym, do that, grind, 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 always be grind. I think that's stupid. Grind, always being grinding. Like you said, you, you're not even thinking about anything. All you're doing is, is busy work. But, right. the, but the other thing is everybody's, oh, you know, shoot for the moon, shoot for the stars, and you'll hit the moon. Yeah, that, you know, that's a catchy thing to think of, but it's baloney. Because if you're not willing to even put the effort in in the first place, don't shoot for the stars or the moon. Do something else. What will you, What are you willing to suffer for? Those are the things you'll be most successful at. Be honest with yourself. It's hard for people to be honest with themselves. Oh, wow. I really don't have the motivation to be a millionaire. There's no sin in that. There really isn't. You know, it, it's th- th- that term beast mode is, is one of the most annoying phrases in, in the American lexicon. And, and, and the reason it is is because, first of all, you are not qualified to determine whether or not you are in beast mode. <laughs> right. That's a determination somebody else makes right. by, by witnessing what you're doing. Right. Okay. The other person, that's like somebody that's saying you're smart. I don't say I'm smart. I I'm, don't think I am. But, you know, other people might. But it's not my position is tout my intelligence. Right. It's somebody else's position to say, hey, that guy's smart, or if not, or whatever. Right. So it's the same thing with beast mode. You're not in beast mode, okay? You might think you're in a, a, a higher threshold of, of performance than you really are, but that leave that determination to a qualified onlooker who is going to determine whether or not you're in beast mode. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're in beast mode because there's no such thing. What there is is a, ch- a realistic track to the goal. 
a realistic, applicable track to the goal for which you are willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And if you're not, oh, you're not going there at all, ever. It's not going to happen. No, that's, that's true. So don't beast mode yourself because that's a rep- recipe for disaster because no one can be in beast mode 24-7. And if you're going to try to accomplish anything, it's got to be the most prevalent issue in the forefront of your mind every single waking and sleeping moment of the day. The truth. It's the truth. Try to get one thing right. How about right. that one? Yeah, try to get one thing. This has been great. Or, or done. Get one thing done. Right. One thing. I have you know? I have a very short list I leave the house with every day. It's just three or four things. And th- these are mission critical. These are right. these are if I don't do these, I'm going to I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So there's where suffering works the other way. Again, if I don't do right. these things, I'm going to suffer. And then the other things are wants. I mean, I, I want to do this, but I, I'm not going to get to it, and I'm not going to lie to myself about it. And, you know, right. I, I think that I think that people, you know, social media may hurt a lot of people because they want to put their goals up. They want to say what they're doing. They want to, you know, this whole make a commitment to a lot of people, and then you'll do it. That's not true. That's no. not true. A lot of people actually get gratification. This has been proven that sometimes when someone says they're going to do something, they get the gratification at that moment of achieving it. They don't go on and do it. Yeah. No, they won't. Because, and, and you got to be used, you got to, that uh, feeling of gratification has got, is a learned trait, a learned, it's a learned thing, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you've got to, you've got to accomplish things in order to feel that. And if you like feeling that it motivates you to accomplish things. One problem that's in everybody's way is that the list is too long. And like you said, I got a list of three things. That is that is such an important aspect to this whole thing. And I don't want you to, to, to gloss over that. The triage process of making that list of three things is vitally important because it's going to determine whether or not you, you can actually do them and get them accomplished. And it, it realistically puts a time constraint on what you're allowed to, what, what your allowable position is going to be on any of those things. If one of those things on the list is go to DMV and get my driver's license renewed, and then you get there and there's seven thousand people online, and there's two people working the booth, the, the windows, you know that's not going to happen today because the other two things on the list are gonna are going to have to wait. So, right. you know, you, you there's. There's things that are confound you all the way, and if your list is more than three things or two things or whatever, there's so many more chances you're not going to get those things done. And uh, you know, it's like around the house, I got a mountain of shit I got to take care of, you know. Right. And it's it's it, sometimes it's in some it just seems like I can never do it; it'll never get done. And then I do just do one of those little things, and then I can look at that one thing and say, oh, okay, I got one of those things done. Now I can do another little one, and then. Three a couple of weeks later, three or four little things are done, and then uh, they're not undone anymore. And then you can look at the bigger thing. Right. You know, it's just you got as a person who has had to manage himself my entire professional career. I worked out of home my whole life, except for a couple of short stints in mm-hmm. other places. Right. The majority, ninety percent of my professional life has been lived under my guidance, and. Yet people who do that have to be very self-motivating and self-managerial, and you got to allow X amount of time to to accomplish X amount of things or X thing. And if you run out of that time limit, you got to stop and go on to the next thing because otherwise you're not going to get anything done. You're going to get mired in one thing, and nothing else will get done. So we have to come up with tricks. And, and processes and ways to, to manage our lives and our time so that we're, we're getting shit done. And, and with the ultimate goal being whatever you want to do, whatever that, that you know, resolution is, so to speak, it, it, it can become feasible because of how you attack going after it. Right, right. No, I love it. I love it. And we're going to end on that because that's, a, that's a, great, a great message to end on. Everything takes longer than you think it will. And I learned that. That's why whenever I assess something, I, I become very skilled at two things. Assessing space. Like when we look at furniture, I'm like, no, that won't fit. Oh, yeah, well, no, it won't. And, and the other thing is assessing the time it takes to get something done. Because 
I've missed the mark so many times in my life that I know now if I think it's going to take an hour, it's going to take an hour and a half. So. It's always the Bill Gates model. Under-promise and overproduce. Yeah. yeah. It's the best thing you can do, and you can do it for yourself just as well as you can do it for anybody else. Great spending time with you today, John. Happy New Year. You too, Carl. Always a pleasure. And we'll talk again soon. Uh, if you have a topic that you want John and I to cover on Open Season on Men that you think is a valuable topic that will help the men in the audience, uh, please uh, email me at onair at superhumanradio.net. And we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we have the Renew Life Rx show. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I think there's a couple new studies on testosterone therapy. Uh, we might try to cover those. Uh, but we'll see you by tomorrow. Thank you for listening today. And we're out. <laughs>